0: fan of no pink spandex make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel that's youtube.com slash no pink spandex we've got some great content for you coming out in august so make sure you don't miss out youtube.com slash no pink spandex Lisa J here with another episode of No Pink Spandex, and I have such a special guest with me today, (laughs) okay? Let me me just get this intro here, right? See, as a young actor, right? She's been on many projects that you might be familiar with, right? How Stella got her groove back, the Proud family, one-on-one, and now she is literally cooking up a storm across the country, us fans here. You might know her as Young Aisha from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Please welcome to the show, Sicily. Welcome!
1: Oh, Thank you. That
0: was so good. Thank you so much. <laughs> Hello! Okay. Oh my welcome, goodness. I am, you know what? I am just so happy to connect with you today. You don't even understand. Let me. I'm going to just fan out for a second. I am. I am. <laughs> okay. Okay, because... Because we are not far from age, if your uh, IMDb is correct. Uh,
1: and it is. We are not, yeah. Yeah. So we are not far true. from age. Exactly. And right. so
0: when I remember watching the show, I, you know, and like, you know, like there are, you know, a couple black folk on there, you know what I'm saying? But then seeing somebody my age on the show, I was just like. Yeah. That's my girl, you know what
1: I'm saying? It's wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So, so for me, I was just like I always loved your energy on the show. I always loved and then and then would follow you to watch you on one-on-one. Like I I mean legit. I always love your energy, your spirit, and so I'm so thankful that you, I am interviewing you today. Like this I'm, I'm fanning out
1: just a little bit. So you not know, have to get I'm that. like yeah hella grateful for you so don't i mean even though i I like so thank you like it's an honor i'm very i'm very grateful so Mm. let's just start out like
0: i mean in my mind being a child actor like what what made you think like okay i have been born um i must now (laughs) like what made
1: you decide to do that It is, it was, it's weird because it was not like that. I know it's like that for a lot of other people. It was not like that for me at all. So like, um, my, I have an older brother and we're like eight years apart. And so he was an actor, right? Like he, he had a friend in school who was an actor. And so he started doing commercials and then I have, I have three brothers. So then I have two younger brothers. And they were like, oh, we want to do it because they saw him doing it. And I was like, I'm cool. No desire. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even want to participate. So they started doing it. My mom was like, just give it a try. You never know. It could be fun. And I was like, nah. Um, And so it's funny that I was actually the one who ended up sticking around, making it like a career. Um, But it, it, it was something that I did. It was my first audition because it was for Sesame Street. They were doing this this like collaboration with Gap, so they were doing the letters G A and P, and it's dope. It won an Emmy and everything. But our audition, I've never been on an audition like this. It was like on a Saturday. It was in a backyard of somebody's house. Well, this sounds a little sketch because I'm saying it out loud. But like it, w- and it was like you jumping on a trampoline. So I was like, if it's like this all the time, I could do this. You know what I'm saying? I'm available for these shenanigans. And it was just something that um stuck. Like it was just I was like, okay, I could do this. This isn't that bad.
0: So your so your first ever gig was for Sesame Street?
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: You see, like see you see, people like my first gig I had to I was in some, you know, like public <laughs> access, whatever.
1: I mean, you're just out the <laughs> gate. Out the <laughs> gate. Yeah, oh, right. me, Street. yeah it was wild um it it yeah it was great too it was like the best time um but it was it was weird that that was my first and it was so that was the best audition like it was just like a hang it just it was like if this is what this life is like i want it and how I, it is not about, it was not about how old are you i was like seven mm. no yeah i was like seven
0: so then, so then how did you go Sesame street and then power rangers? How, where, where,
1: how did that happen? So yeah. So I had done a lot of like, uh, like, so I was like, I think I was like seven turning eight. And then, um, I did like a clueless commercial, all of these things like leading up to that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I don't even remember, I got a call, yeah, it was like a regular audition for like Power Rangers. And, um, but we went on a lot of, we had a lot of auditions. Like it was, I remember going on like at least three or four of them. And at first it was like a guest spot and then it was a series regular thing.
0: Yes. Because it
1: was, and and it's weird because I didn't, I guess then, you know, I was like nine. So it didn't really, yeah, I was like nine. So it didn't register to me then, like, what I was doing, like as big as it was, Mm -hmm. um, because I was nine. I remember going on a bunch of auditions and then finally they were like oh you got the job and it's like a reoccurring thing and then they were like no they bumped it up to series regular and they want to try you for like the costume like you know the ranger suit and all of this stuff so it was really wild the thing that it morphed into because i don't i don't think that it was supposed to be initially as big as it was because we were, ended up they were going to try you for the like, ranger suit yeah we tried out for, we did the ranger suit and everything so um because we ended up coming back over like two or three seasons
0: Yes, because you you because at first you were, uh, yeah, it was like a two part situation, and then yeah. and then camp coming back for the section that was Mighty Morphin Alien Rangers. Yep. So mm-hmm. that that was yeah yeah yeah. So you guys running around with David Yost, <laughs>
1: right? So <laughs> hilarious. So yeah, uh, but I was like, he's so cool. Like, oh my god, I just kept remember like thinking like, how cool is he? It's weird, but it's weird because it was something like I was the, I was the target age, right? Yes. So it was like this is something that I watched. Like I remember being so fascinated by like the putties because you watched <laughs> it on TV, and then it's like I'm here with you guys, like working through this choreography. It was weird. It was weird because it was like. Living a fantasy in a, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it was like, I watched this, that, you know, it's like, you, you, you knew to watch Power Rangers, VR Troopers. Oh, God, I feel like I'm really dating myself. You know what I'm no, saying? No,
0: no, no, you're literally talking to your demo. Like, we, it's us. <laughs> you know what I'm Like,
1: but it's like, so it was weird to be there doing that. As a spectator, if that makes sense, because mm-hmm. it, it, it'd it be different. You know, like, I've, I will say over the course of my acting career, I've had the honor of like, not being the 30 year old playing a high school student. Like, I've literally <laughs> played the age that I was. Right, right. So the experience has been a bit different because you're like, yo, like, this is crazy. This is crazy that we're here doing this. So it was. It was amazing. It was like one of. I will say, Power Rangers was one of the best experiences that I had. Just the crew was great. Like their camaraderie as a crew was dope. Right, right. Because like I think, I think um, a lot of
0: us when I remember watching it, you know, it was like oh we're taking a break from the people we know and we're bringing in the kids. And then I was just like, wait a minute. I like these kids. they my age. <laughs> so like, it was right. refreshing. It was, I was like, you know what? And then especially for me, right. Being a black girl from the Bronx, you know what I'm saying? I was like, yes, that's right. Young Aisha. I like her, more, more of her <laughs> place,
1: more of her yeah. place. It, that's a, that's a, you know, that part, I don't know. Cause I'm also a person who lives in like a very teeny tiny bubble. So the impact of that hasn't hit me until I've gotten older and had kids. Mm, Okay. That like representation matters. Yes. You know, like you say, and you like, you want all these girls to like, and and I say it, like you, you want people that look like you to be on the screen to show you that like, I can live my dream. If it's all white, it's all vanilla, no shade, but it's like, it's something that's not obtainable. And so to see that is like, I could change the world too. I can pursue the thing. So it's weird because initially, like I didn't tell my kids. My kids for years thought my natural hair color was red and that I cooked. You know what I'm saying? For a living. So when my older daughter was like eight, she stumbled across it on Netflix. Mm -hmm. and one day I posted the picture because she was sitting at the desk watching it like side by side with the photo of me on Power Rangers um, at the school desk and like we look alike and it like blew her mind like she was like not only are you my mom and you look like me, you're brown you're this black girl that was on TV I could do whatever I want and so it's weird even someone had asked me that like recently and I'm like it's weird in the sense of, like, it's such an honor, but it never registered to me that I was that or that I still am that, I guess. Because yeah. I live in such a small, like, basic bubble. Like, yeah, especially because, with cooking, like...
0: Yeah, I don't, for it's... a minute, um, you know, there was a moment where the show... Uh, you know, like we we transitioned from you know like it was like the early early stages of the internet, early stages, and then transitioning mm-hmm. into to early social media, and now what we have now, a lot of the people who worked on the show are now embracing social media and interacting with fans, what have you. And then for like, like a span of time, we were like, wait a minute. I, I see other people. I, I, we're Sicily. <laughs> and, then, right. and then I just and, happened right. to, you know, find you on Instagram and you're just living your regular life. I'm like, okay, cool. All right. All right. She, she's, she's here and cooking up a
1: storm. That's good. That's good. And yeah, so I think it takes a minute. Like people will come across my page or like other people that I've done shows with or whatever will tag me. And I think that people don't, it doesn't register to people that it's me because my personal Instagram is very much my personal Instagram. Like it's me with my family Hanging out, doing like every day, there's nothing that would allude to you being like Hi. maybe other than the number of followers that I have like what what the hell do you do, but like yeah, it's yeah, you'll see me like walking down the street, you'll see it's like very, but the, I think that's because of how I was raised and also. I'm a like extroverted introvert. So...
0: I think I understand what you're saying, but explain you know what what the saying, people. like
1: people. People assume that because I'm very loud and like larger than life that I'm like, eh, 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 and I'm not. So I've never been one to like, it's just, it was just, for me, it was like, it was a job. Like, it's no different than the person who cooks, no different than the person who teaches, no different than the person who cuts hair. So I never wrapped my brain around what makes me special because anybody can do the thing that I'm doing, if that makes sense. It does. It does,
0: actually. So, like, any... Think back. I know we got to go into the, you know, the, in our brain and go back to, or in the way back. Anything pops out in terms of going on set for the first time, uh, working with the cast that you had, uh, interacting oh. with um, any of the... Uh, of the adult cast,
1: I mean, yes, so a lot of things um I remember going on set for my fitting the first time, and actually, it was the second time, like once we did the first um season of turning back the time, going back a second time, and people being like, "Welcome back and I remember, like, going to the soundstage, walking up the stairs, like, having the fitting. Um, it's, like, very vivid, like, the community that was there and the, the adult cast and how they were, like, what do you need to know? Let's welcome you. Oh, my God. As I'm talking, I'm, like, I remember so many things. Um, I remember the scene where we had, um, they had, from, the like, the first turn back the time, where they had turned back, and then we went to the park when we first ran into the putties, I remember being at that park at like six o'clock in the morning, like setting up to shoot. And it was like in Valencia, not far from where I lived, not far from Magic Mountain. You know what I'm saying? And being like, this is insane. Because I think I had done things, but nothing to that scale. And then I remember the second time that we came back, um, when, it, when they turned back to time and it was like we were at a, a carnival and yes. both, like, Catherine and I had had, like, lightweight heat strokes because it was, like, so hot in the valley. And remembering the adult cast being, like, so intentional about making sure that we were okay. Oh. Like, it was such a great, you know, because that's, like, granted, it happens, but it's, like, oh, my God, everybody's going to hate me because... And they were so great about making sure that we stayed hydrated, we were in the shade, that we were cool, that we were okay. Um, because they wanted us to be okay. Um, I mean, I just it was just but then outside of that, like Matthew and Michael, like we still keep in not as good of touch as we did, but for years we were all super close. Like we had sleepovers. Really? Um we had yeah, we were close. I remember that, yeah. Um, I remember Michael, um, because his dad was a single dad. Um, and our like his dad and my mom and and the other Michael, Daryl, his yeah. dad. I'm, yeah, were all, yeah, I'm hey. sorry, they're two they're two Mikes, right? Two Michaels, <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. They're two Michaels. Um, and so like all of us hung out. Like our parents hung out. Um, we would have sleepovers, we would have hangs, and and so when we were younger, we were all, like, real-life friends for that period of time. You know what I'm saying? And even now, like, as we grow, like, you see Matthew, and Matthew, like, got married, and got a house, and all of these things. And so it's, like, to be, like, we don't talk now, but to, like, slide in there and be, like, congratulations when he went to, like, USC. I sound like a stalker. um, And just to be, like, congratulations. I'm so happy for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, over the course of life and how life unfolds, to have, that community that's still there was pretty dope. And then it was dope because like playing young Aisha, it was weird, not not weird in like a bad way, but it was wild that like, to share that moment with Karen and then go on to one-on-one and for Karen to be on the show. yes, You know what I mean? So it was like, this is pretty cool.
0: I mean, like, you know, Black folk in Hollywood trying to get on shows and whatever i mean like it it, 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 it's it's small right and everybody's fighting for the same roles and fighting for the same you know little 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 roles that that whereas i mean and back then there it it seems as if like well now it's like there's an uptick but like back then it was like actual black sitcoms (laughs) that would be on television for a very long time so you know it's at that time it was like oh look opportunity and then it like all went away, <laughs> but to, to to know that, like, the, you know, you guys were on the same show, I'm
1: just like, yes! The circle of life! Right.
0: This the is circle of life.
1: Wearing yellow together, I mean, it was just so, like, <laughs> little things that were like, ah, this is great, this is wild. And it was dope, like, I mean, just, I have really great memories, and Power Rangers was, like, the thing that, like, I've always had like a sense of community throughout all of my careers, and I think that that was the place where, when you think about like community amongst your working peers, that was probably the the birthplace of that for me.
0: Oh, you make me tearing up about it. So, <laughs> um, and and you know what was really great too? I mean, at the time, did you know that that Karen? was, was going to leave the show.
1: Okay. So not the first time, but the second time. Right. The second time. Yes. Like halfway through. Okay. Right. Like, so I want to say, or maybe a little less than halfway through. Yes, I did. Um, Because I do remember them sitting me down, like sitting down and like having the conversation and, and explaining where the story was going also because a lot of that explaining of that transition fell on the two of our characters as younger characters. Mm -hmm. So they beforehand wanted to give me context to let me know as an individual working there, but then also, so that way that moment of leaving could be justice could be done. You know what I'm saying? So it didn't Mm -hmm. feel like a throwaway of, bye girl i'll see you later it was like this is the culmination of a very a very big decision which was also a tv decision but a personal decision right and it was my responsibility to properly tell that story or to hand that story over to the next black woman black girl
0: yeah because so, yeah, it, mm-hmm. it was two episodes yeah because like it was like literally two episodes before we went into the new season where it was i was just like this has been the most black people i have seen
1: in <laughs> um, one time in one room This in is one time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so i was just like this is great um even though they kept referencing africa as just like it's like a country but whatever well you know yeah, 90s, yeah, yeah, so you we, know, progression,
1: we, we'll get there. Progression, yeah, <laughs> steps matter, you know, <laughs> because it was like, and it was also, yes yeah. it's funny though. I had this conversation with a friend of ours because she does a podcast and she was talking about like things in the 90s. And there was like so many things that we've watched as adults that our kids, like as parents with our children, that like our kids are getting into. And we sit there and we're like, this is so bad, <laughs> the way we just lumped things and people together but yeah like yeah the idea that like that that you could just send one black person to a whole other continent (laughs) and they're just interchangeable you know what I'm saying even that like never have gone to Africa and you're here and you like it yeah. And it's also like this idea that like we didn't go to like the metropolis; we went back in time. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, and not to say that
0: it—you know—those we went parts, to Wakanda, uh, right? You know, not to say that those parts of Africa do not exist. However, right. it was the stereotype that's like, Type. oh, you're going to the desert with the lions, We're going to there the desert
1: go. with the lions. <laughs> In this kente cloth. <laughs> and y'all just gonna switch places. You know and what I'm saying? This, and it's gonna be fine. You're gonna go to this third world civilization and you'll be fine. It's good. You'll be fine. Parents? Uh, no. Who needs <laughs> them? They won't even know that you're missing. You'll be yeah. Just call um, them later. It was oh wild. Boy. It was wild. But I also like, as a, I don't think you think about it as a kid because even like, like watching like other sh- even like Dora like other shows you're like where the where's everybody's parents? Why are <laughs> they not changing clothes? You think, but it's like all of these things that you think about. Like never once in three, two and a half, three years of doing that show, did you see our parents? No, we were everywhere as kids. By ourselves, just by
0: us, you know. Just, I mean, you did have a chaperone, so I guess they figured, right. "Hey, he, so it's fine, it's fine, it's all right." It's um, cool. uh, be, before we move on, uh, any uh, you and you mentioned you mentioned that you had kept in contact with with uh, it's it, uh, Michael Lasky, right? That's, yeah. that's the Michael, yes, and yes. and um and Matthew, um. Anybody currently today that you have got in contact with or, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, I
1: haven't seen you in forever. Any any of the cast? I feel like no, because like it's weird because Instagram makes it like, oh my God, you like their photo, congratulations. You know, like social media. But mm-hmm. as of late, no. But I also feel like it's a whole last, like, pandemic. And oh. I also am the person that, like, it's funny because I've been, like, challenging myself in – in this pandemic to reach out to people, like really be like, Hey, how are you? And so I'm trying to like master that this second half and do that and be better about doing it. Cause I realized that we don't, and you know, it's like out of sight, out of mind in a right. sense. So I've been trying to be like, Hey, even <laughs> if it is on Instagram, right, I'm right. terrible at it. I mean, I'm not terrible. I'm no different than anyone else. But I also, like, have been feeling challenged by that. So I've started, like, rippling out to the people I should. So, yeah, I will do it today. I'm going to email them and be like, oh, my God.
0: Yeah, because I think um it was, oh, I want to say, is her name Julia Jordan? She, mm-hmm. like, like literally, like, if we talk about, like, haven't seen, we hadn't seen until she stopped by a convention and stopped by Catherine Sutherland's uh, table and we're yep. like oh my gosh this is amazing like you know it was just it was just nice to like see you guys especially because y'all my age see you guys <laughs> and you That's know, ri- right so you know I'm just saying y'all need
1: to you know once once this pandemic is <laughs> you know we, we should do something I mean I know like I Matthew's the one for whatever reason he comes up on my feed the most I feel like Michael Olasky comes up on my Facebook more and I've been the person who has not been on like, honestly, like I went on Facebook yesterday and did not even to check it. I went for the business. So I'm like, I need to like, so I see Matthew comes up in my feed more mm-hmm. and I'm always like commenting, posting, and even still it had been a minute because like we'll slide in each other's DMS and be like, Hey, congratulations. You know, You well, nice. bought a house I think last year or something like that or the top of this year. Well, that's nice. Um, yeah. But I'm am I'm try to do. I try to do it more. I need to be, I need to put myself back on a schedule. But that's a whole another personal <laughs> struggle.
0: But let, let let us let's talk about let's talk about 2020 for a second. Just just a, just a oh, just a second. my god. Okay. Right. So you and before we get to 2020 you so you went into the acting cuz i that's so much but, but yeah you 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 did the acting you were on these shows you were you, i mean like you were you doing your thing and then so, and then and then now you're you're a chef so i disappeared the yeah the jump explain the jump for me
1: i can trace my family back seven generations being here and everybody Cook hospitality, something like um, seven my grandfather, seven generations back, um, was a slave on a plantation, he was their cook, wow, and everything. They turned that plantation into a bed and breakfast because I guess people like staying on plantations. Um, and but the cool thing was, they were like, I guess it's cool, it's cool in theory because slavery is not cool, but like, um, the the nice and theory thing that they did was they kept all of his stuff and was like if, if his family ever comes back we sh- we need to honor his story mm. so he uh, then he had a kid and they had seven daughters and, and so it's like they, they all owned restaurants in their time and all of these things and then my great aunt had his furniture and they gave on the other side, they gave them land when they were free. So she just passed away last year, but like she kept the land and farmed the land. And so it was all these recipes. And then my, my grandmother's sister had a restaurant called The Green Door. And my grandmother used to be like a cook because, you know, we think about slavery and segregation and Jim Crow like it was so long ago. But my grandmother at 15 was the cook in someone's house. And then as she was older, became a nurse. But she, everybody throughout our family has had this idea that, like, if you didn't have anywhere to go, you could come here and eat and, like, all of these things on top of being professional cook, mm-hmm. And so my mom carried that down. And so, like, if our friends, it's funny because now, like, I think about it as an adult. And I was like, wait, they got kicked out of the house. And you let them stay with us. Uh. And then she always did, like, Sunday dinners. So even in the midst of working and all of these things, we would always make time to have Sunday dinner and cook something and clean up as a family and whoever else was over. So when I was on one-on-one having that, I that, that thing started to like develop in my heart. So when we would go to events and people would be like, ooh, the red carpet and who's there? And I'd be like, but what is in the kitchen? What's happening <laughs> back there? What are they doing? You know, what does the food look like? And so I just constantly started getting lost in that. And then I would do like little private dinner parties for friends or in my home. And then I moved out when I was 15. So I moved out super young. Um, And so then I started doing, I would either go home to have Sunday dinner with my mom. And when I didn't go home because I was 15 and grown and living on my own, grown as in fast grown. Um, sex in the City was a thing, right. right? So all of my girlfriends would come over and we would have Sunday dinner and like watch Sex in the City. And so I was like, let me start doing and dabbling in this a little bit more. So then when one-on-one ended, I would cook more for friends. And I decided to... I was taking a break because we had gotten... I'd gotten married really fast and I was young. Like i gotten married when I was 20 and um, then I had a kid and I was at this crossroads of, and this is literally the thought process and it's really horrible. I was like, okay, so I I gained weight having a baby and I don't feel like working out. So what am I going to do? Because the reality is I have to lose all of this baby weight. And I was like really enjoying being a parent. And I was like, so what is, and I and I didn't feel like, going super hard in the gym and trying to figure it out after being a new mom didn't excite me going back into acting. And I was like, you know, thinking about it. And I was like, my mom screwed me over in the sense of in going into acting, you know, we had made an agreement. She was like, when I was younger, when I did Sesame Street, if you don't love it, don't do it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I only know to do the thing that I love. And this is not the thing that I love anymore. Like I felt like the analogy was like, You know how when you date someone and you know that that person is not the person for you, but it feels good when you're there, but long-term, this is not going to add anything to your life. That's what I felt about acting. And so I was like, well, I want to cook. So literally it was like a Tuesday. I was like, you know what? I've been cooking more. I'm going to go to culinary school. And by the end of the week, I was like enrolled in culinary school and like starting. And I never looked back. And it got very crazy, very fast. Like I, um, at the time I was married to my husband and he was, he's a drummer. So he was always on tour. So this turned into a thing of going to culinary school five days a week with a baby um, who was like not even one and dropping her off at a daycare and doing a double internship while in school. And then like, my internship was with the LA times test kitchen and then freelancing for them and then graduating culinary school and like digging in by the time I came up for air acting just didn't make sense anymore how did you
0: do all the how how, how? like just being a mom
1: is is hard <laughs> I look back on it and it was like It was the best decision that I had ever made. But, like, so he was on tour. So he was gone 10, 11 months out of the year. So it was, like, literally, and we were on the decline in our marriage anyway. Mm. So it was, like, already grooming my brain to go into single-parent mode. But it was wild. Like, I would have to get up and get her ready. And, like, neither thing was close to the other thing. Like, the drive time alone was, like, wild. Getting her there by 6 so I could drive. But it's, like, California distance, so it was, like, traffic. So yes. I would get up, drop her off at 6, and then be at my internship by, like, 8. Like, ready to go in the door at 8. To then have to leave by, like, 11 to be at school by, like, 11, 45, 12 to be done with school at like five, to pick her up at six. But like then go back home to like get her ready for bed and then do homework and then start the day over. So it it was wild. I mean, and I think, you know, I've always had my kids with me because of that. Like, you know, they've always seen what developing a business looks like because they've always been there. Mm-hmm. Cause it was like, well, what I'm gonna do? Y'all gotta go, y'all gotta come hang. Like, or, you know, having friends and community would be like, well, I'll babysit, you know, like like when, when the period, like I was a sous chef on a food truck. And so if I didn't drive the truck, I would drive my car to the event and then I would pick them up from school. We would go to the event cause it was at night a friend would come pick them up from the event or like if it was a Friday night or stay there and they'd go around and visit all the food trucks and be at the event. And then when the event was over, they would give them back to me. We would leave. So even now, like the restaurant that we had last year that closed the top of the year or the one that's still open, you know, in Berkeley, like that's all, like it's wild being a parent because they were always there, but mm-hmm. yeah, like so it was like, but being so immersed in this working sixteen hour days, when people would call me and be like, "Hey, would you be interested in an audition?" I would be like, "No, <laughs> because I have this whole thing going, yeah, like it's not a if it's not like something that's guaranteed, I can't come up from like air of for a possibility, takes... yeah, yeah, exactly." So I was like, no, that's okay. I'm not, no. And it's so, it, it and then, you know, so much time. So like my older daughter's 13. So that meant the last thing that I acted on was over 15 years ago, 16 years ago. So it's like so it's pretty like, much half like, your life. Like, yeah, pretty much like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, no, I would Like, people ask me now, like, who can you put me in contact with? And I'm like, unless it's in a kitchen, like, no one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what would you, what would you let? And it's not that those things aren't there, but it's like, that's not even where my bank, brain goes. And it's like, this is the best thing. There was a period where it was a little weird because, after after I graduated, someone had offered me like a one-off job that became a thing. And it was like, because food styling. So when I graduated culinary school, I didn't go straight into restaurants. It was, I worked at the LA Times test kitchen. So that meant that like, let's say you went to, okay, so I can give you a real example. Let's Let's say you went to McDonald's and you were like, McDonald's oatmeal is amazing. I would love to be able to make that at home we would reach out to mcdonald's get the story behind the oatmeal we would test it multiple times so in that space there were four kids four kitchens two kitchens now but like so we would test it and retest it the way they do it and then create the menu create the recipe so it was at an at-home level so whether you were in a mansion an apartment kitchen a small family home dorm room whatever you could replicate this recipe. Okay. And then we would shoot the food and write an article about it. So that's how like I busted into culinary. It wasn't like working in a restaurant or where you know like mm-hmm. so then my first away from the times job was working for this na- this lady named Bonnie. And she was a food stylist, but she did like hook. Remember that scene in Hook where like they were throwing the fake like yes. the invisible food. so she staged that whole thing uh-huh. so then it was working with her and it felt really weird like coming from acting and then I remember doing the talk and it was like some of my peers were like and it was just it felt odd it felt like hanging out with the people you used to hang out with when you were with someone. It felt like a weird breakup had happened, and I was like, I don't oh, like it.
0: Man. okay, I see.
1: Yeah, it was like, I don't know how to... It was weird. I don't know why it was so weird. So I was like, okay, so I know for sure this is not the thing that I want to do. Um, but it was like, also, I couldn't shake it, because then we would start doing the... With the food truck, we started doing, like, set events. So, like, where we filmed one-on-one... Um, we ended up doing an event there. And so it was like, when we pulled up to the gate, they're like, oh, you can go ahead. And I'm like, no, that's not what I'm here. For. <laughs> like, I'm here because I'm about to make some pudding. Um, so yeah, so like now in my life, the two worlds are reintersecting, and it's a little interesting, um, but I love food. I love, I love the gift of comfort and community mm-hmm. that I'm able to give people. I like being of service. Um, and not everybody I can like, do that. Not everybody can serve. It is- yeah. Ooh, or okay with doing that. Like I'm perfectly happy um, with doing that for our customers and also for the people that we work with. So I think for me, it's like if acting couldn't give me the thing to be able to do that for people or I would couldn't figure out in doing it the perspective of that I wouldn't it just it just doesn't make sense to me you know what I'm saying like it doesn't it doesn't give me the thing it doesn't it's not the spark that I need it's not the path but it's my mom's fault because she was like you know only do the thing that you love and I was like this is the thing that I love like this is the thing that I should be doing right right um yeah. Now,
0: how much more time do I have with you? Because I know I said forty. Oh, I minutes. mean,
1: I'm fine. I mean, I I intentionally got up and started work at six so I could give you. Whatever time you need it,
0: um, because because there is another topic that
1: I want to talk about, but let's you know, do I it. Just, okay, no, 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 you're fine. Okay, so I have nowhere to go because it's a pandemic. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I'm on a 24 hour time clock. You have
0: been, you know, you've been doing these lives, and you've been doing, you know, meeting up with people, <laughs> banks, just... you know what I'm saying. So you know, I just don't want to be up your time. <laughs> so okay, it's can I just yeah. talk about <laughs> 2020, please? Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh my gosh there's so much to talk about now it's a lot there now you so like yeah how did you get because you're currently you currently live in new york right currently yeah. you're new Yorker. you know what i'm saying welcome y- yeah welcome thank you it's uh, hot
1: thank you it's, <laughs>
0: it's just disrespectful it yes yeah. is, it is i i it's, ac stays on 24 um, 7 oh my god yeah so how did so what made you come over to the east coast what made you come to new york
1: um, I always feel like I have terrible answers cause they're not like short, like simple answers, but I'll give you a simple one. Um, so I, my, my lovely partner, um, we met in Los Angeles, um, doing food trucks because she's like an amazing chef here in New York. And then she moved to LA for a little bit to start this food truck with a bunch of friends. Cause she only does like fine dining stuff. And that's where we met. And so, but then I moved to the Bay and we were like, cool. It wasn't like a thing. So I ended up moving to the Bay after that and I joined this organization called La Cucina and started a business with my mom. And the business is still there. It's called Pinky and Reds. And excuse me. Um she and I started talking more and then it got serious and then we were dating. And this is like a, a problematic nuanced story because in a sense, I was like hella in the closet. My, I wasn't in the closet at all, right? Like, it's just... I guess when people see your life, they see the thing that they want to see, and if they don't... And also, I grew up in a time where there was no social media, no anything, right? So if you didn't know me personally, mm. you didn't know my, You didn't know you only saw what you saw, and you could deduce it as such. Um, so... It was the space where I was like, you know, with my mom, I was like, this is a thing and it's becoming serious. And it is not, it's, it's been a thing that's been in the background that she and I had never um, been able to get on the right side of. And so knowing that I was getting serious, like with my partner, it affected our business. And I had to make the decision to stay or go so I was like listen this is my person and my children love her and life just makes sense and so i made the decision to move to new york to be with her and sever the business with my mom oh wow uh yeah um but It was the best decision I ever made. I thought it was going to be hard for the girls because it's like you're moving and disrupting your life. I didn't realize how hard being a California girl and living on the coast, my whole life of California, how different New York is and how it would be an adjustment for me as even with community and friends and all of this stuff, like starting over. Um, And also leaving my dream, like Pinky and Reds was my, my, my perfect scenario. So, yeah. So then I moved here and it was like, it took a long time for me to like be okay. Um, but I was like, what's the next adventure? Like it is an adventure and how do I, how do I own that? And so I was here for a whole year. So 2019 was hard. And I was one of those people like, 2020 is going to be my year. <laughs> Boy, we all were. We all were. Everybody, 2020 is going to be popping. And it sure did bust y'all bubble. All, every last one of us. Mm-hmm. It popped all right. It's wild what it's been. Because good I- Good and bad.
0: Because, I, I, you know, I read some things. I read, you know, did my little research. What did you, you read? Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. I, I read some things. Uh! you know, that you were hired to be the chef of this restaurant called Colors and then yeah. when it it reopened and then it closed down a month later. <laughs> and I'm
1: like, yeah, so, okay, so I had it opened for a month, but I'd been there for a long Okay, so here's the thing that you have to know about. This is where this all is about to go downhill very quickly. Oh. I'm very Black. I'm mm-hmm. very, but I also acknowledge that my stance is from a place of hella, hella privilege, right? So, um, based on, you know, like the days of Sesame Street, one on one, Power Rangers allowed me to be like, there's just some shit that's not okay and some things that I've, I'm not going to take. And also some things that, like, are my responsibility to live a little more reckless, to speak about what's not okay. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I know, like, I'm saying this, but I also fully acknowledge the position from which I'm saying this, like, is different. I don't have a boss. I don't have anybody to answer to. I mean, I did at one point, and that's why I was only open for a month. So in doing food and being a single parent and all this stuff, when we opened um, Pinky and Red, that's so still open. I don't know what's going to happen because I just saw that it's on Cal's campus. Um, they said they're closing in person to the end of the year. But like, so when we opened that place, it was like everything's on a sandwich diner food, which is like my jam. Um, telling the story of like the seven sisters, my great 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 grandmothers, and then my grand, my great 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 seven times grandfather, and just what making black food is to me. You know what I'm saying? And and why it is a thing of American culture because we've always been here, friends. Like, we've always been responsible for the expectation of the standard of hospitality, right? Right. So that was my thing of telling that story, but through the lens of food that I love and everything was on a sandwich and affordable um, because we were on a college campus, forward-facing. But as a business, um we were in the Martin Luther King we're in the Martin Luther King uh building for the student union so we only hired students of color mm. and then it later rolled out that we only hired women of color and i only wanted to hire people because as we started to get into this really really white liberal space we saw that black and brown people were vastly underrepresented Some of these kids were living in their cars. Some of these kids were struggling just to be there, had nowhere to prepare a hot meal, all of these things. So it was like, we need to put the money that we're getting back into those students so they could be here. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I feel like that's my responsibility in any space that I'm in. Like, um, you know, always being a person who has been not the representative, but one of the people that represents something to strive through, I have a responsibility to that,
0: especially right.
1: having daughters. Um, and if I can make my difference, if I can be each one to each one, then that is what makes a greater impact. So like um, we were in the building upstairs was this thing called this space called the MCC, the multicultural center where, you know, all, all of the people of color, all of the, the queer, trans, non-binary um, kids would, would go and live. And so they had a rooftop garden and we did one of their first events. And so I took my kids up there so they could meet them and they'd be like, oh my God, they can come. Like if you want, they can volunteer and help us hang out. And so that became their community. They started to love and look after my children and me like we were family. So as an obligation, that meant like I needed to shift my menu and the space that I was in because you could sit in our like space a little bit, even though we were inside the building. So it was like um, we did little things like everyone could come right on the wall. We played music down there. So that way we could be some sort of a reprieve for people to just come sit and be the thing that they are. Mm -hmm. And then that meant like expanding our menu. All of our meat was halal. So that way anyone could eat here. You know right, what I'm saying? Like, right, right. what are the things that we can do as a community? It made no sense for people to have to go off campus to get nourished You're know, like, or find a job. Like, let's be that for people here. And then so, like, when we would close down. We would offer cooking classes. Um, my mom um, was really great about, like, the local homeless in the hood she would, the neighborhood, she would feed them twice a week. Um, We partnered with the food bank for the students where we could give them like cold items. And then it was troubling because it's like, okay, but like, what does that help? If people are living in their cars, how are they heating this food up? So we would give them vouchers so they could have hot food and make them feel dignified. Like it's nothing worse than walking into a space where people are paying full price Or whatever, and you saying, hey, I'm the person that needs help. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. so creating an environment where there's no shame in that. And that meant, like, okay, so some things are $3, we marked a dollar off, or you know what I'm saying? Like, finding a way to be better. So that's like, you know, I say, like, LA raised me, and the Bay Area activated me, and New York pushed me over the edge. So um, the nonprofit that we work for is called Rock. It was like Restaurant Opportunity Centers United that was birthed from 9-11. And so their thing is like creating um, equitable space, right? Right. But part of the reason I got the job was because I'd already created equitable space in the Bay Area. Because I also like volunteered for this nonprofit in the Bay. And so that was my conduit to New York, getting the job. And so- when my partner, boss, like, what do you want to do? I was like, I always want to make black ass food first. (laughs) I love it. Like, that's my, that's my social responsibility. I can't speak to what everybody else is, but mine is to completely architect and create a black ass space for black people first circle. That's not an exclusionary space, but it's also a space to honor us because we don't have enough that's centered in us. Right. You know, and we were having very tough conversations because the the pay here, like, you know, California doesn't have a sub minimum wage and like all of these things, and that was like Rock's thing, is like tipping, no tipping. So for me, I'm like, you, you who cares about tipping if there's a sub minimum wage? And and I'm a person who people of color need. When I started culinary school, this white person pulled me to the side and gave me the best advice. But I also realized that it was because I didn't have to chase a dollar at the time because I've been working since I was eight. Mm-hmm. And he said, don't chase the money. Chase the knowledge and the information. Because if you have that, it changes everything. So for me, colors was about... um giving that to people. I saw like my partner works for a nonprofit and and so it was like for me I wanted to like I saw all these nonprofits that are doing like second chance training facilities where they train all these people and then they push them out into the world. And so all these employers know that like oh because you came from this program this is some sort of stain against you. I see. So for me like Rock had a training facility as well. I was like, first of all, we need to be able to collect all these people of color and be a continuation program and a safe space for them to be in a space with people that look like them where they can learn and ask questions and fail before they go off into these restaurants and into this industry. And people are like, this is why we don't hire Exactly. People. Yeah. Yeah. So that was problematic for them. Then, um, and then making it super black. So I'm black. Hi. (laughs) And then, um, so we had a black, like a black ass menu. Like we did fried chicken and pancakes, and people would be like, "Why don't you do waffles?" I'm like, "Because black people grew up eating pancakes, especially, you know, like if you was a single parent, like who was make who had a waffle iron." Thank you thank you.
0: You just got a, you just got a frying pan and you just, you know, you just made it pancakes. Up.
1: boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Yes. So I was like, we don't do that. You know, like, and then, um, so we made this hella, hella black menu. Like I fucking hate black eye peas, but we did like this black eye peas salad. And it told the story of like, I remember being a kid and sitting at the table and then being like, you cannot get up and you're there 18 hours later trying to swallow your food that you Mm. ate whole. Mm. So, like, telling these stories that highlight culture that if you're Black or a person of color and you've experienced this, then you know. But then it would be, like, um, we, I love meatloaf, and people hate it, and, like, my kids have a ton of allergies, so I make meatloaf in a really kooky way that does not actually have, like, ketchup or anything in it. Um, And so, because one, like, kid loves ketchup and the other one hates tomatoes but it's weird so um but it was called like now that we found love because it's the heavy b song because i remember that you know what i'm saying so it was like all of these things that like um like the pancakes were called fluffy hoes but if you got on the menu um the fried chicken and pancakes was called i can't stand the rain because it was like very (laughs) over the top but it was the Missy Elliott, because we all know Guess her in the puppy my coat. So it was like, <laughs> yes. That so was, like, all of these things that made it, like, on the surface, very basic. But it was very black. But then in the kitchen and in the implementation, like, these kids were learning time, temperature control things. But they were we made all of our flowers from from scratch. Like, there was nothing... Like we made everything, so I was making sure that like they got the game and the knowledge. And then it was like wine, you know. We uh, there was a guy who worked with Rock, who was worked at in the towers when nine eleven happened, and ended up starting his own wine business. But they fired him right before the towers went down because he wanted to be a psalm and like take this test but because he was hispanic they were like you'll never because that's a white person's job so we used his wine in conjunction and so he found us like small people of color vineyards a lot that were run by families or women that we could highlight so it was like all of these things and then we got to the wage part where i was like this whole thing is problematic like we can't do so they, they had went out ahead of me and were like, We're gonna tip people. So because New York has a sub minimum wage, mm-hmm. um, that means that the front of the house, let's say you make fifteen dollars an hour here. A sub minimum wage, I think it's like two some two dollars and some odds right. here. That means that the restaurant, your boss is only obligated to pay you the two dollars and change if your tips cover the rest
0: which which always baffled my mind in like here in the restaurant business. I was just like,
1: how? Why, yeah, it's, how, it's a legacy of slavery. Cause the whole thing started because um, things became unionized and white men were like, we would never, and it was this whole breakaway. And then they started hiring white women. And, and so they all started standing up for themselves, but they didn't stand up for black people specifically women because black women started taking these jobs and Mm so they would say we're not going to pay you people can tip which is an affluent thing because I meant that you could tip who has extra money to go above and beyond but like you could tip and so the they would live off the tips that they got and now it's transitioned into this horrible thing of like whatever which is really weird because we use that as the talking point but we don't allow people of color to be the face or specifically black women in the face of why that's problematic, but we'll hint to slavery, but we'll throw up a time magazine article with a white woman in the middle of America and be like, this is a problem. And you're like, okay, cool. Um, As they
0: usually do as, because, you know, because it used to be, Oh, wait a minute, black people, they have a drug problem. They're called cracked out. And then when the white people started getting hooked on, you know, opioids, it's like, it's a, it's it's a, it's it's an an epidemic. Yeah.
1: Epidemic
0: you know like oh okay oh it's a crisis
1: like okay it's a crisis and we need to pivot how we see it Mm -hmm. so that for me and you know like then so they did the tipping thing and i was i was like okay so you realize that i'm not about like i'm about always the growth of people specifically black people larger circle people of color um so I was like so this is the problem with your tipping. You just I don't have a problem paying people fifteen dollars an hour plus tips. That's not the issue. The issue is you pigeon held people in this thing, right? Because if you pay the waiters fifteen dollars an hour plus tips and then you only that means that the people that you don't see the line cook, the dishwasher. Um, if you pay them $15 an hour, you say that the people that they see who are typically white people, it used to be black people, but when you go into these scenarios now, it's always the people in the back or the okay. browner people and the people working in the front that you see during the sachet and all beautiful are white. So what you're saying is those people are more important than mm. the people when it's not, it's not an either or it's a, it's a, it's a both, right? Like, If, if the dishes aren't clean by the dishwasher, then the people have nothing to cook on. You have nothing to serve the people. Exactly. So it's an entangle. It's an entanglement. It's an entanglement. Um, (laughs) It's an entanglement. So, so I was like, cool. So that means that when you pay your back of the house, people... Um, you're gonna have to pay them enough so it's a non-compete because we're talking about toxic culture, right? Like you you're also the organization that says that you you do away with all those things. So that I means you have to pay them comparable because there's nothing worse than a person who feels like they work eight times harder than someone or just as hard and get treated like right. and the way that you get treated like is your pay. So that meant that like our friend of the house is making fifteen dollars an hour plus tips, but starting to walk in the door with no experience as the dishwasher you started off at $18 an hour is what it should be but then New York has higher taxes so that means so that means yeah. that line cooks were making $21 an hour after taxes that's almost 30 $35 an hour just to have a person show up if they didn't have any experience but the reality is that's a quick fix problem because if I pay you $18 an hour as the dishwasher and then I want to promote you, where are you going to go? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? You can't start off. I can't promote you because then that means that the person who's coming in with more experience is making the same as you are. I've undercut my whole team. It doesn't work. And it doesn't work not because people should and shouldn't be tipped, but it's a sub-minimum wage that makes all of this work. Then also as a training facility or taking people who who need to learn and develop and simmer or whatever, like even if they don't. And like, let's say you did bartending for 50 million years, but your dream is to be a line cook. I can't train you as that because your pay scale and how you get paid that $15 an hour plus tips doesn't allow for you to take this job. Mm. So we've pigeon held people of color because that's my responsibility is to people of color, specifically like women, single parents, you know, whatever. Um, we've pigeon them in a system that doesn't allow them to grow or gain access to that knowledge.
0: And, it's, and, and, and is not just indicative of the restaurant business, but overall. As yes, whole, yes. Right.
1: So that, um, and then it was like, you know, we had like, I allowed for them to have three weeks of training before they came on. So like our wine reps came in, they showed them how to pour wine. They got taste. They, they got to sit. They got the real like fine dining experience of like sitting with every wine pairing and every dish and trying and practicing, opening the wine bottle and you know, like, because it's the, the businesses of color when we're trying or we're starting out, we get judged So harshly, Mm -hmm. whether it's by our own or whether it's by white people. So it was important to me to give them that. Like, you know what I'm saying? I didn't want you sitting there stressing, I'm gonna give you three weeks to learn how to say this wine. But not only that, if you can't figure it out, fine. But then your backup needs to be, this is my favorite because it tastes like this and I like it with this. So it was like also allowing them to figure out what their experience of hospitality looked like, like what that meant to them. Because it is something when you are you sit down and it's like, hey, Lisa, I'm Cicely. I'm going to be your server. Let me know if you have any questions. I hate when you go, what's good? Everything. Everything can not be good. There's got to be something that you don't like right? It's like, I love everything. I'm like, no, you don't. Everything Everything on the menu is good. It's like, no, you obviously like something more than other things. Why do you like it? What are this? What are the allergies? What do I need to know? Is this spicy? Is this not spicy? This is the thing that takes the longest. So if you do want it, you should put your order in first. This is what's made to order. You know, like, giving people that opportunity. And that is my form of advocacy and resistance. And that's the thing that got to shut down. So like, they wouldn't give us a press budget, right? Like, it was for people who had been there and people who were reading, like, we were on Rezzy's top 10 list with no PR. They would not do... When Rock, when we asked them to help us with PR, because, like, you guys are the owners. You have to put the money up for this to be a success. Right. They were like... They sent out a letter saying that if you have ever donated or are part of the community, you could get a discount. And I was like, I don't want people to get a discount. What you're saying... Well, that doesn't... What? Why do businesses of color always have to have give to a give a
0: count? discount? Yes, exactly.
1: Yes, so it was like we were one of the best restaurants in our hood opening up. Like we were busy, and like our last day was rough for us. We were, you know, like we were so, but it was great, and so we got shut down because we were too black. <laughs> but in a long, you know, like. And I'm not, it's fine. Like, it's not like that. Like, I remember when I was like, you know, what do you do? They were like, oh, you do like Caribbean. They had went out and were like, oh, this is a Afro Latino. I was like, no, it's Black American.
0: <laughs> they, they always want to exotic, you know, make it, you know, exotic yeah, no. in
1: some way. I'm like, say what it is. Yep. It's basic Black in here. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's. It's we've been here since the Transatlantic, but it was like we had done so many things that were like so problematic to them. Like there was like this, um, like ledge when you walked in, and the ledge said, "Bury me in the ocean with that Killmonger quote from Black Panther. Bury me in the ocean with my ancestors." And so you didn't notice it at first. You just saw that it was a bunch of color and then you would like graze your hand across it and you could feel that like something was there because the words were like raised and like etched in the wood. Mm-hmm. And so when they saw that, then you would read it and be like, oh,
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Think about it, right? Because it closed um early this year, right? In January or...
1: Mm-hmm. January, so, January nineteenth was our last. But day. think,
0: I mean, but if you think about it, right? Then the pandemic happened. <laughs> what a blessing, right? So, like what a what a blessing. So, like, so let's talk about what you're up to now because you you have got you are on these lives. You are you are doing your business and every like. What are you up to? <laughs> what what you got going on?
1: Well, like pre-Rona, pre-Rona. um because a lot of people were like, oh, you need funding. You need all these things. And I was like, no, we just need to separate from this restaurant. And so I was like, well, I want to, like, start another business. I mean, I think that white white people look at business very differently than people of color. Like, we look at, like, we start a business. We're married to that business. And white people are like, oh, I had this business. And then it closed. And I had this and this and this and this and mm-hmm. this. And they have this roadmap of, like, learning. And I was like, well, what's the next thing that I could do? And not only that, like when it closed, we raised a lot of money to be able to pay off people. So they wouldn't be like in a bind. Cause it was like the middle of the month. Um, so we started, I did a few events. I, I was like, I want to do a company that like, I don't know, we do like small dinner parties. I wanted to go back to my roots of cooking. I felt like if I went back, then I could learn some things. So I was like, okay, well, let me go back to like, dinner parties and pop ups and all this stuff. And I was like, I just wanted to be about the food and the people. And that was something that I've always said since I've been cooking. I love food and I love people. And I was like, boom, that's what we're calling. We call food plus people. Right. And so we had taken I'd taken February and like really molded over with my partner because I'm a I'm I'm also a person who realized that like my struggle with my mental health issue is a person who's defined by their works. Mm. Like, that's my... If I'm not doing something or of service, I feel like I have no value. Whatever. I'm working on that. Um, but that's, like, me being honest and being like, I can't sit. Or else if, if I sit too long, I'm going to start moving all the furniture in the house. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, got to do something. So I was like, I want to do something, and then let's figure it out. So February and then... This girl who I had done, she has a magazine. To, um, she has a company called To Be Hosted, and she has this magazine called Wild Entertaining, which is, like, really amazing, and it highlights Black people, people of color in the food industry. And so um, she was like, hey, I'm doing an event. Would you be interested? It's at the top of March. I'd done a few things I because I'm reckless and say all these things out loud. So I'd done this talk with this, Um, ad agency about diversity and inclusion and all these things so I was like yeah let's start this thing we can make it about food and about people and how to create this space that loves on people so we did this dinner I did this dinner with to be hosted um, for women's month in March and and it it was a bullet bourbon dinner and it was like 30 women of color in this really beautiful space And then the next week Rona happened. And Mm. so slowly I started being like booked and all this stuff. So I was talking to my fiance and I was like, what are we going to do? And she was like, I really want to feel like take the things that we've learned and give that gift to people. So she was like, had already started doing virtual cooking classes. And we were like, you know, let's just like make products. Like, Let's go like all the way back. Let's make some products. Let's do some pop-ups. And then Rona happened. And we were like, okay, well let's shift our focus from doing the pop ups to talking about the products that we want to do and why they're so important. Mm -hmm. Because there was this react like gut check that we had that I've always had as being a single parent. And like, whether you struggle with money, time, food as a whole, like all of these things, how can we create products and things that solve a problem and make people feel good? I always hate when I hear white people specifically say, shop the perimeter of the grocery store. Like that irritates me to no end. How come? Because it's such, because the idea that like you only shop the perimeter of a grocery store is such a thing of like privilege. Because How many things do you get from the aisles? So like this idea that like the things in the aisles are beneath people. You know what I'm Mm. saying? So that means you're only buying the fresh produce, going to the butcher, getting the fresh meat, all of these things. But like, and that's not just a money thing, right? Like if I'm, if I hate cooking, you want me to do what? (laughs) With these onions and this potato. (laughs) When I could go to the middle of the aisle or go to the frozen section and get a thing that solves my problem, that is not going to have me in this kitchen stressed out. Also, like the perimeter of the grocery store is hella expensive. So, like, if you're saying, t- telling a single mom of two or however many, like, you only should be shopping the perimeter of the grocery store, how do you, how can you say that to people? And why is that such an exclusionary thing? Like, my partner says it best. She's like, you can't use your wick on the perimeter. You can't, or like, if you do, like with food stamps, it's just a thing that's like not fair. And then if you live like where I live, it's a freaking food desert. The grocery mm. stores are terrible. All of these, th- right? So it's like some of that for people is not like a luxury. Right. Um, and that was like a jarring thing coming here to me. Like the idea of a bodega and the idea of a grocery store and seeing where grocery stores are and where they aren't, it's a It's a f***ed up system. So it's like, how can we make products that like are, are in the center, but don't sacrifice quality, price, and nourishment that are like hella black, loud, and in your face, but that make you feel good, that make you feel like you're a part of our community, you're a part of our home, and that we will like love you and take care of you. So that's how it started, and so um, we started with a soup mix, which we're bringing back but different flavors. I see. Um, to like, because we had to think about like the packaging. Like for us, it was like, okay, cool. This is a perfect example. Like she says, like top ramen in the styrofoam and top ramen in the package is two different lifestyles, which is true, right? It is. The package assumes that you have everything you need to make it. Whatever your life is, it could be cooking, it could be financially, it could be that you're in a dorm, it could be whatever. The, the styrofoam cup is, this is what I got to eat. It could even be your life is on the go. But like for me, so it was like, how do we give people the package ramen experience? But for me, I'm always like, but what about the people that hate to cook or the people that are like, I hate to cook and I'm not getting my money's worth? Because it's nothing worse than opening that, that ramen noodle spice thing and you can't get all the spices out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, like, for us, it was, like, let's create packages where, like, you can fill it up with water and, like, really solve a problem, like, think through all these things. So that's what it was. And then, so in the background of doing that, then we were on Instagram all the time, and, like, Black Food Folks has saved Black Food Folks culture for us. Um, And that's their Instagram, Black Food Folks. Um, It was started by... uh, this this gentleman named clay and this lovely woman named colleen and he's a photographer she's like works for the james beard foundation but it was like we see black people in these spaces all the time let's find a space to bring them together so it was like you know we would always be it's a group like as you find your community like we're always talking and then like sometimes they're like hey would you be interested in like doing a live or like coming in on a chat and just talking about where you are and what's happening and so the first one, we were like, yeah, but we, you know, they were like, well, do you want to do a cooking demo? Because my fiance is a chef, too. Um, and she's like a, a thousand times better than I am. Um, <laughs> and we were like, yes, but the thing that we hate is when chefs go live and they're like, we're going to teach you how to be a celebrity chef. We're going to teach you the tips and tricks. That's also to assume that people don't know how to cook, right? Like you're making a poor assumption that people don't know what they're doing in the kitchen. They just want to learn something else or mm-hmm. they just want to watch something else or they want to try something else. So for us, it was like, come over and hang out. So our kids are always there. So the first live we were talking about like frying fish and we fry fish very differently, you know, cause she's from the South. I'm from California. Our take on food is a little different. So we fried fish. She did um, fried fish with grits and I did it catfish and spaghetti. That's what I grew up on. And so then we sat down with our kids and like ate and like um, had people join in while we were eating dinner and see how their food looked and like checked on them frying their fish and like all of these things.
0: Ooh, all this so makes me hungry
1: shout. What... Ooh. ooh. ooh uh, yes cuz you know my mom cuz
0: my mom cuz I'm uh my family is uh we have a Caribbean background, right? So mm-hmm. so my mom you know, in, a, in her day, she would she would fry some fish. She doesn't do it anymore. Ooh. She she's like, I'm just gonna you know just cook this salmon. You know, like <laughs> yeah. that now. You know, yeah. Like, so, which is fine, which is cool. But I was like, woo. So this you just making me hungry. You see, this is why I like talking to food people, right? Because like, oh yeah, yeah. I, I just like to get hungry, about and I love it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, so that was like what it was, and then it developed into us just talking about culture and the things that are happening and the things that are centered around food and you know always always making sure that we're a place of like community and hang and love and like a little bit of ratchetness for like black folks and people (laughs) of color and like all this stuff so now we do the black food folks talk every monday and it's called like drink tank like cocktails and thinking it's like drink tank (laughs) thinking up with cocktails so we're like Sitting in our bedroom, talking and having cocktails, just talking about life and the things and like packaging, also like with a little bit of wretchedness and like you know figuring out your story and your PR and your branding and like why this stuff matters and you know like things like that.
0: But um, like, I'm like on, wh- I'm on the site now, foodpluspeople dot com. I mean, like first of all, I mean I love like I just graphically, love the logo, love, like, it looks like, you know, like, cause some people, you know, when they're like, I'm doing my food line, I have that, you know, it looks a little...
1: No, that was us in the beginning, it was terrible, like, oh. if you saw, okay, so this, so, and I'm like, you're reminding me, I need to go delete all this stuff on Instagram. Um, when we first did, oh my gosh, you know, like, leaps and bounds in this COVID, um, <laughs> because the first one was like blue and like bright and then I would sit there and look at it because like you know as a small business you do what you have to do and it's like okay I'm gonna be in Canva I'm gonna be in here making like um logos and all this stuff and that's what I love about small businesses especially like small businesses of color the way that we get creative about things is just great but it was Mm -hmm. terrible like I can say like the first logo was like blue and bright and very like not who we are, but kind of who we are, and I was like, and then it turned into, like, this ugly, like, black logo with, like, p- paint, spicy, like, looking things on the, it was horrible. I was struggling with it, and so at the time, one of my good friends was, like, it's weird, because, like, with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, um, white people have, and I I love white people, so I'm not saying this in a in a bad way, but, like, y'all have just woken up to like slavery or something like i don't understand what's happening yeah like right? social like, injustice
0: and, and, and yeah, yeah oh inequality God, yeah they no were like oh wow you're this like, is a thing yeah because everyone was yeah, home and they like, had to watch it
1: yeah 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 and that's what it was like rona gave y'all with kicking the ass of being like this is this is the world that you orbit in one of my friends was like someone that i know has offered they want to help because all of a sudden like white people would like give us money and like all this stuff just because so she was like this guy that i know was like i want to help what can i do and she was like you should help like with your services and your skill set so his name is jared and i've been referring him to everybody like he sat with us and he was like i want to help you build your website so then as we were doing it we had done a pop-up so the new logo is very new because we had done a pop-up last month um, it was like the last week of pride yeah this is like a month ago not even a month ago mm-hmm. so I was like okay in Canva like let me design something real fast to throw together to like spread the word that we're going to do this really cool pop up and so the way the logo looks now was on the side of like the, the Instagram little like noted like uh, story thing mm-hmm. and he like emailed me and he was like this is your logo and I was like are you sure he was like yeah like the other one is, you know how like when somebody is being very polite yeah. and they don't want to like, tell you no, th- that it's trash. Right yeah, right that was <laughs> it. He was like, so "I think you should, you know, redo it." And so we built the website off of the new Flu Plus People logo, and it was dope. Like, mm-hmm. he just sat there and he was like asking me questions about like what I saw for the business, and the fact that our kids are always there, that we're a family ran business, and that we care about people and and we want to be the the thing. Like, you know, with our hot sauce, we want to be able to be local and fresh and like have more black farmers and um, farmers of color and like highlight that and share these stories and these partnerships. And he built this like dope ass website for us that has made us like super legit. And yeah, it's wild. Like, it's like, I was, I'm super nervous because we secretly launched the website a week ago today. Right. Um, We haven't really promoted it and we've had like everyday orders. So like every day I've been going to the the post office to mail the orders. And so I was like at the post office today and it was like a line. So I did the, hey, I'm gonna just drop them off and then, you know, like you'll scan them in later thing when normally like I stand in the line and they scan them, even though like the tracking sinks. And so I was like, I don't want to be late. I was telling um, a girlfriend of mine, I was like, I don't want to be late for talking to Lisa. So I need to just drop them off I'm scared. You know what I'm saying? Because you drop them off mm-hmm. and then it's like, you don't know when they'll scan them, what they'll do or whatever. So it's like all of these learning curves and like all of these things, but it's like, it's been wild because at the beginning of Ron, I was like, and I said this earlier, like I'm a doer. So don't sit here in this pandemic and be doing 800 things because you're defined by your work. You're going to do a little bit of emotional work you gonna like spend some time with your family mm-hmm. and that's it. You are not about to sit here and do 800 things because that's all you know to do. And then like, we look back and we're like, oh, we just really did 800 things right now. Like we just wanted to do dinner parties. And it's like, here we are with like a whole ass, um, product line of pantry stable items. We have eight products. We're getting ready, like, hopefully by the end of the month to launch two, three more products. We're going to start putting them in local stores in, like, New York and then ship from our site. And then this morning, we're like, okay, we need a space because in the last week, this business has taken off so much that, like, we can't keep. <laughs> but Which it's wild. It, it's a
0: blessing. It's a, it let is. Let me tell you something. You, like, the whole, I mean, when happening, what happened at the top of the year into, into the pandemic and then now, like, literally this business is evolving so quickly and growing so quickly, it is a blessing that you, that, at first, you may not not known that you needed, but now you're like, oh wait, no, this is this is this is what um this is what it's supposed to be. This so is, I'm, yeah, I'm just so it's frightening.
1: Though I'm so it's, happy for yeah. you. Yeah, it's amazing, and I'm so. And we like sit here like some nights we sit up and we just like laugh to each other because we're like, how does it... like where did this come from? <laughs> and it's like you know it goes back to like that thing that my mom writes, and then she's like, you only do the things that you love, and 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 you pursue your passion, and it's weird, because I was having this conversation with my kid yesterday, and I was like, but you figure it out, like, you leverage it, like, granted, our business is super small, but, like, now, my partner may go back to work, um, because she does, like, a lot of, like, social justice through food stuff, mm-hmm. And so it's like you don't despise small beginnings. You know, like we all have a passion and we all have a dream and you have to like figure out how to leverage the thing that you want to do for the long game. Like not all of us can quit our jobs. Not all of us can go off and be like, I want to write. I want to be an artist and like, just like a savant moving around with no bills and you know what I'm saying? So it's like, Mm -hmm how do we, how do we do that? How do you say, okay, cool. That means you may have to take a job that pays more or less or whatever to be able to leverage and work this end over there and figure it out. But it's also our responsibility to tell black and brown people how we did it so they can do it. And how to be in these rooms, Like it's also this idea that's like, You don't have to deal with white people and you do, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, and we need to learn how to occupy all space. That representation matters and how to be in that room, how to leverage yourself and be like, Hey, I can't only tell you about rap music, but I can tell you about like SWOT analysis and how to, how to build a brand. Now, if you want to ask me about that, I can answer that question for you, but you can't ask me about Jay-Z. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> how do we, how do we get in these rooms and do that? And how do we leave the door open and be like, okay, so Lisa, you want to, you know, and I think that it's, it's, it, it's nothing of me to give you this information and it's like, okay, you want to build the website? Cool. I'm gonna give you Jared's information. But these are the things that I've also noticed. Right. So like, he built my website x y and z but these are the things that worked like this is the shipping that we use this is the shipping that my friend uses this is the difference this is why we didn't go with that it didn't integrate this is why we did this this is when we we noticed that posting in like if you want to build your instagram followers that this time works uh-huh. this, these are like these are the and this is dope because you know listen to black women like the the circle of black women that we have are so dope like One of my friends was like, these are the hashtags that I've been following. These are the ones that, so when you post, this is the thing that you want to post because these are the ones that have the most engagement. Like, how do we have these conversations, build this community and give this information to us so we can be in these spaces and thrive and leverage that and be great. You know, like that's my, you know, I feel like a big part of my responsibility for the thing that I'm doing is I'm not doing that and being like, Hey, when you get up, post because that post lasts longer. These are the hashtags. Like or like, people will always come to me and say, "Like, how do I support Black businesses?" You know what I'm saying? Like, how how do I how do I do a thing? And I'm like, well, first of all, you need to give them money. You need to buy their products yeah, at full price much. or I mean, whatever. But yeah, if the person doesn't right, don't ask for no discount. Okay, don't don't do any much. of that. And then people be like, but what if I don't have money? You need to find them on Instagram, <laughs> which I'm going to do for you later. Cause I haven't done this for you. So don't, I always tell people before, because I don't want you to get weirded out. You need to go like every one of their posts and watch their video. And then when it says like the notification says, keep watching, press, keep watching and watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's a free thing that you can do to support businesses of color.
0: Yeah, if you don't have money, you got time. So, right there you go. Sit in
1: the house, do that. Find you, like them, you know what I'm saying? Comment on it. Do that. Like, do that. If you can't muster up a dollar or whatever, or like it, share it, this product is cute, add it to your story, do those things. Like, we have to start putting our eyes, not our dollars but also those things matter too and so doing that and then sharing that information with our community so even if you may not do food but I could be like okay so this is what I did know and if you want to start doing ads and all of these cute things and Instagram stories and all this get you a Canva thing like we had a friend like I had a friend who was like get Canva if you want to use mine to try it out cool or if I could make you one of my team members so you could build it you could try it out for free whatever like that's like sharing the knowledge. Like, so you can create stories and things that people are attracted to, or, or this is the infrastructure for your business. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, we do it in a way that's very personal and ratchet. Like you're sitting in our house on our sofa, if you watch our lives. So I think that it doesn't feel like as serious or as Intentional as we are, because it doesn't sound like pressure. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. People feel like they're just hanging out and it's like, let's have a cocktail together and talk about the things. Um, but like, that's my responsibility. And that's also why like food is my conduit by which I do that. And so it's like, I have to tell you all the tips and tricks and secrets and put you in touch with the people who can help because we need to be in these rooms. We need to, we need to, our voices matter and they need to matter across all spaces. And so, yeah, I mean, it's reckless. We, we are, we are wild bunch. My kids are crazy. I'm crazy. You know, like you definitely get a glimpse into our lives. And I also think that's why people think that I'm not the person on TV because I'll be like, there's no way that this person is over here talking and doing all of these things, laying in the bed with her kids, talking about the things that we're doing this week. Oh, but she is. But it is. But she But is. yeah. There you go. And I just want people to, I also realize that like, I have a, a family that I love and it's a whole last pandemic and some people are alone it could be that like you have a roommate and the roommate went back home to be with their family or whatever. Why you may not feel like you have your sense of belonging and friendship. So at the very least you could be hanging out with us Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and my kids can wear you out (laughs) instead of wearing me out.
0: Oh my goodness. Look, listen, uh, Cicely, you have been a plus. I mean, literally we could keep going, literally, right? <laughs> literally. Because like, there's just so many things that, uh, I feel like we have in common and especially with your activism through food. Uh, it is such a wonderful perspective for my listeners to hear because yes, well, you know, uh, it is a Power Rangers podcast. We talk mostly about Power Rangers, you know, people in spandex, all those other things. Uh, it, it, it has always been my mission first to always <laughs> focus on the people uh, uh, who were on the show and their ventures and their uh, and their projects after they've left the show. But now it has also transitioned, especially with everything that's been going on. It's like, listen, I am I am a black woman who runs a Power Rangers podcast. Who just happens and to run matters, a power podcast. Right? and so right. therefore, I am going to use my platform and give you these other perspectives using black women or you know people of color to to use this vehicle and 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 show you something a little bit different because yeah. because it's important, and so i i it was it was so important to me to have you on this show especially especially have you on this show.
1: So I. I'm thank so you grateful so much. for you. Thank- I am. So yes, and my neighbors. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I don't know, like extended neighbors. E- extended neighbors. <laughs> really at like that? Really at like that? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> BX all day. Uh, yep. <laughs> Hello. I love it here.
0: Yep. Oh, goodness. So, yes, it is foodpluspeople.com. Buy all the things. Yeah. I'm literally looking at the fried chicken flour mix. Shoot. I'm just going to be like... Add so, that that's my- the
1: thing. Yeah, like, Sweet that's a, like, it's really, really, like, it's... I hate to say this because it sounds so stupid, but it's, like, seasoned. So, like, for us, um, it was the idea of just being able... Because, like, the soup mix just add water. So it was like yes. how can we create products so you just add the one thing? So like if you buy a, a flour mix, you just need the chicken and or you just it. need the fish. Yes. You don't need salt, you don't need any of that. We've done the heavy lifting for you. Like, and then people will buy like a hot sauce, like the the mild sauce, um, which we're constantly evolving our packaging because the mild was actually it's actually the dredge that you, like, put your fish in before you fry it. Mm. Um, but people liked it as a mild hot sauce, so we sold it, so now we're redoing the label, so it says, like, hot sauce and dredge, so you know that, like, you could buy that. Okay. And the flour, and all you need is the fish. You know what I'm saying? Like, all you need is a good piece of white fish
0: okay all right well you shoot i'll be looking I'll, I'll be looking at both of them now see look at that See, add this back. to the cart and I'm no i'm not gonna ask for a no discount nor <laughs> <not> for free <laughs> i will support because that's what we do that's <laughs> what we do thank you oh, goodness gracious <laughs> thank you food go there and there'll be links in the show notes to support Sicily. uh thank you again it's been a pleasure
1: Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you, Lisa, for your time.